I'll go back. I'll go back. Let's pretend that we're just a person on the street. Someone comes up and asks you, what do you, what do you think of when you think of this group? What are the things that first come to mind? What first comes to mind when you think of the All Blacks? What are the words that come to mind? Zinzan Brook. Good. Champions. Yes. I love speaking after the All Blacks have won. I, I, I struggle. If I was speaking last, Mike, I don't know how you did last Sunday. Like that just, There's just a depression that just seems to come over. We've got to speak healing over the place kind of before. But Okay, so we've got champions. What else do you think of? What would, that, what would the person on the street think of with All Blacks? Best of the best. Awesome. What else? Mere mortals. All right. Okay, Colin. Everyone's allowed a view. Um, uh, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, the haka. We think of the haka. Awesome. What about New Zealanders? I mean, maybe if you you kind of speak to someone from overseas and you say, "Tell me about New Zealanders. What are we known for? Kiwis." Rugby, hospitality, sheep, we're known for sheep, generosity, Jacinda, Edom, oh, Edom, right, yeah, cool, good looking, what about the royal family, the royals, what are the things that come to mind when people, you think, ask about the royal family? Authority, English, sorry, what was this one? Liz, <laughs> Liz, New Zealand is casual, yeah, Liz, good, long heritage, good, one more, Filthy Rich, yes, what about Christians? What about people on the street say that we are known for? Bible bashes? Kind-hearted? Religious? Weirdos? God-botherers? Peace? Judgmental? Yeah? Boy. We've all got, we, things come to mind when we think of others, when we think of groups. And my, my question, I guess, to us this morning, it's interesting for us to test that, is what are we known for? What are we known for? I love what you're, you spoke about as we come into communion, as we took communion together, Michael, about, our, about family and about love for one another. And I, I, Is that what we're known for? We all kind of had a view when we think of different groups or different people, things that come to mind. I guess marketers might say it's what your brand is. What do people think of when they think of your brand? What is brand Christian? And this morning I want us to speak a little bit about what our brand should be. What should we be known for? 
as we come into this third week of your series on the greatest sermon ever. And Michael is quite right. I don't expect that this will be that, but I'm going to speak from what was the greatest sermon ever in Matthew 5. As we speak of, you are the salt of the earth. And what I love about that is that it's, this isn't, there's not a kind of a question over this. There's not, you could be, there's not, well, it's, it's just, you are the salt of the earth. But if a salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Heavenly Father, we want to we want to thank you that you have called us to be family. And you have called us to be active in our world. And Father, you call us to be the salt. You call us to be the light of the world, that that is to be our brand. And Holy Spirit, we, we welcome you and we thank you for your presence here this morning. I pray that as we, as we consider your word, your truth, Father, may it settle in, in, and ingrain and bed within, within us this morning. May we not just read it, but we, may we know it and may we live it, may we believe it with a deep conviction. So Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. Encourage us this morning. Strengthen us this morning that we may be the people that you call us to be. In your holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. So this is week three. And if you have a look, and if you're working through your journal, we're actually going to be, you're going to be reading through these verses again this week, um, which, is, which is awesome. We didn't know that that was going to be the case until I looked at your journal this morning. Um, so you're going to be reading these again this week and, and reaffirming what we're going to talk about this morning. And I love and I agree with what Michael has been sharing in previous weeks about the Sermon on the Mount being a kingdom manifesto. Not being about us living a life of, stri of striving and straining to live a life of, of do's and don'ts, but, but living in the freedom and the life that Jesus has enabled for us through his death and through his resurrection and through the sending and empowering of his spirit. But just because we're not to strive and strain, it doesn't mean that we're not to act and to live an active life. Doing good and displaying his love to others. Our actions being fueled by the action that he has taken not to call him to action. We act because we have received the reward, not to earn a reward. So we act as a response to what we've received, not in order to earn so I encourage us this morning to be thinking about what are we going to do? 
What am I going to do? And we're actually going to end this morning with a time where we're going to take a little bit of reflection time that says, what am I going to do this week? What am, I going to, what am I going to take from what's been spoken of? Because to be honest with you, if we do nothing out of today, if I've kind of, whenever I speak, if we do nothing, I kind of say, what's the point in us being here? What's the point in me saying anything? We need to act when, when God speaks to us. He calls us to be not just hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. And so we're going to spend some time as we, as we finish this morning saying, God, what can I do? What's one thing that I can take from what you have encouraged me in this morning, from what you've challenged me in this morning, that I can put into practice this week? We're going to spend a bit of time on that at the end. But I'm going to, I'm going to go through these verses that we've, that we've touched on in our key verses that we've got for this morning to look at three different things that I encourage us to do. And the first thing I'm encouraging us to do is to get in. You know, that, that moisturizer is doing no good when it's on the bench. It's not until it comes out of the tube and begins to be rubbed into the skin does it actually serve the purpose that it's been created. It's like salt as we come back to, I guess, the verses that we're looking at. When the salt sits on the bench, it's pointless. It's not until we take the salt out of the container and begin to rub it into the meat to put it over our vegetables that it actually begins to serve the purpose for which it's been created. We don't serve a purpose unless we're off the sideline. Unless we actually take what we've been talking about, unless we take the spirit that has been placed within us, unless we take the gifts that we've each been given and put them into practice, then what's the point? Okay, the salt comes to life when it comes out of the container and goes on to the meat. So in order for us to have an influence in the world, in order for us to have an, an impact on the places that we are, be it our family, be it our, our street, be it our workplace, be it with our neighbours, we've got to get involved. We've got to get out. We've got to get amongst it. You know, I think of the, the All Blacks last night and... I actually watched a press conference. That's how sad I am. I watched the press conference afterwards, and they, and they spoke to Patrick Tuipoloto in the in the press conference, and he spoke about because he spent a long time on the bench and a long time as part of the 23, but coming on as an impact player. And he said, "I loved being able to start and to get in and make a difference right from the word go." Right from, right from the whistle, there's something about those impact players that they think, while I'm sitting on the bench, you know, there might be a role that I've played in the team during the week, but I want to be part of the game. It's when I get out of the, of the 23 and into the 15 that I'm part of the game, that I can use the skills that I've got, that I can put into practice everything that I've been learning during the week, that I can have an influence on the result, that I can be a contributing member of the team is when I get out and when I get on the field. And we're going to get on the field. You know, sometimes it's easy just to, just to stand back or just to come and listen something and go home and kind of carry on and we live the same or conversations happening at work and we just prefer just to perhaps stay on the outside of it or we go and do our own thing. You know, but I want to encourage us this morning, we've got to get in the game. We've got to get in and be a part of what's going on in, in our workplaces, in our families, in our streets. We've got to be part of the conversation. 
Salt does two things. Salt preserves. Right? Salt keeps things from going bad. You might kind of remember your history lessons of kind of when the ships first came over to New Zealand and the, and the, and the food was covered in salt as a, as a preservative for it. Well, we need to preserve the ways of God in the places that we live. We need to preserve the ways of God in the places in which we work. If you're wondering, what, what are some of those ways? What are some of those good things? You know, there is, and I spoke about when I, when I spoke here last time, a few months ago, if you're thinking, well, what's a, what's a starter for 10 on what some of those things are that I should be trying to preserve? A great place to start is Galatians 5, 22 to 23, where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says in the Galatians, against such things there is no law. We should be preserving those things in our workplace. We should be preserving those things in our family. How do we, how do we make sure that joy remains a place of what we do at work? How do we have it in our families that we are a place of peace and that when things come in to take that peace away, we fight against it? Because we claim, hold, and look to preserve the things of God. I think about my family when I was thinking of this. The things that are important in our family, the way in which we speak to each other, the way in which we speak to others, except on the odd occasion when someone cuts me off in the car, I might not quite speak as nicely as I should do uh, at all times. The way we welcome people, you know, someone spoke about hospitality of New Zealand, the way we, we welcome people into our home. And, you know, sometimes when a, when a friend or someone who hasn't perhaps been a part of our family comes in and, and spends time with us and they don't understand or perhaps they haven't kind of grown up in some of the ways that, that we live in our family, it's one of my jobs as a preserver of the culture of our family to call that up. Say, hey, hey man, we don't speak like that in our house. Hey, we don't treat others like that in our house. Hey, when you're part of our family, this is the way in which we act. You know, and I've got to, we've got to do that with love and gentleness. But my, one of my jobs as a, as a father of my family is to preserve what we're about. Is to preserve our, our identity. And Shell and I, as we brought up our family, and I'm far from saying that we're perfect at this, but our heart is that, that those things of God are the things that maybe our family are known for. Oh, that family, are, they, are we known for our hospitality? Are we known for our love? Are we known for our gentleness? Are we known for our kindness? And if we're looking to create a culture of that, one of my jobs as a, as a father of my house is to preserve that and to come against when things look to, look to attack that. And we've got to preserve the things of God. We're going to preserve what, what He's calling us to in our lives and in our workplaces. Can I have that bottle of water there? Is that <laughs> Sometimes I wonder why I use a mic, because I just have a tendency to yell. I'm sorry about that. <clears throat> I 
quieten down. So the salt enhances. A salt preserves and a salt enhances. You know, the, our workplaces, our families, our streets, our neighborhoods. I love that story of that, of that neighbor. Your, your neighborhood is better because of her presence there. Is our street better because of our presence? Is our workplace better because of our presence there? Are we enhancing the environment that we're in? Are we bringing something to it that brings out the very best in people? That brings out the best work, that brings out the most kindness, that brings out the most joy, that has the most peace. Are we enhancers of God's ways in the environments that we're in? I know that it's um, in your journal, this version, and I, and I love the way it's, it's worded in the message. It says, let me tell you why you are here. Again, we come back to that brand. Let me tell you what you're meant to be about. Let me tell you what's meant to characterize you. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. I love that picture that's created. We're to bring out the God flavors of the earth. And if we go back to those characteristics we spoke about in Galatians 5, we're to bring out love, we're to bring out hope, we're to bring out joy, we're to bring out peace and gentleness as we, as we demonstrate that and should have a positive influence on the places that we're a part of. But we can only do that when we get in. And salt gets in. Salt makes a difference when it gets in. And so, so my encouragement to us this morning is that we need to get in. But we also need to stand out. Sometimes this is a bit hard. You know, sometimes it's a bit hard to be different. I think one of the, one of the words that someone might have spoken of, kind of when we talked about Christians was weird. Sometimes when you stand out, you feel a bit weird. We've got to kind of become getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, with, with being perhaps what might be seen as being a little bit weird. Michael spoke at the start about us being counterculture. For us to display love to people who others might think don't deserve love is counterculture and might look a little bit weird. For us to be joy and peace when there's, when there's so much things around us that might cause destruction and might cause pain and sadness, for us to be able to be bringers of joy, bringers of peace might look a bit weird, but it's the counterculture that we're called to, called to be and called to show and demonstrate. I love the verse when, when Jesus was born. And when the angel came and visited the shepherds, the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. And I love that. And sometimes I wonder in myself as I, I think, am I being a little bit quiet? Am I being a little bit blendy any in kind of my way of living? Do I really think I'm a carrier of good news of great joy for all the people? We are carriers of good news. 
We are carriers of love. We are carriers of hope. We are carriers of joy. It says against those things there is no law. Against those things you can't argue against. People love joy. People love to feel peace. People love to feel gentleness and kindness. They are good things. Let's stand out in being carriers of those. We need to make sure that others see this. What's the point of having good news and being carriers of great things if it's hidden? And that's really what this verse is speaking about in Matthew chapter 5. It says, if I give you a light, what's the point of me putting it under a bowl? No, if I give you a light, I want it up on a stand. And I love that it says it's not just going to bring light to you, but it brings light to the whole household. Everyone benefits from the light. Everyone benefits from that being, I see that my quiet voice didn't last very long. Everyone benefits from from us being able to shine light into dark places. It brings blessing to everyone in the household. Again, in the message, it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors of the world. God's not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? Why do we put ourselves under buckets sometimes? You need to get out of the bucket. I'm going to put you on a light stand. And then I've put you there on a, on a hilltop, on a light stand, then shine. Don't hide, but we've got to stand out for the right reasons. And I know that I loved in Michael's opening to this whole series a couple of weeks ago where he spoke about, you know, that this is a kingdom manifesto again, but it's really how we love others. And what's interesting is that when it speaks about it in Matthew, I think it's in Matthew 5, it speaks about that the laws are gone, but what God calls us to, he actually raises the bar. We go from do not murder to do not hate. Like the, the bar is raised when we, when we live a life that God calls us to with the freedom that he's, he's, he's brought for us with his spirit that empowers us and we stand out by how we treat others, how we love others, how we demonstrate that. What are we going to do this week that demonstrates the love of God to others? What are we going to do this week that shines for us that says, you know what, I'm carrying something that is good for you. It's good for me. And I'm going to shout it from the rooftops. I am going to shine like I've been called to. And come out from under the bucket because light brightens. That's what light does. Light brings hope and our world needs hope. Light is a guide in the dark. I don't know if you watch the news, if you read the paper, if you keep up to date with what's happening and, and stuff or whatever it is, but it is often not filled with good news. When you watch the news, it's not a great time for the family to kind of sit around and watch some encouraging TV. We need to be the demonstrators of a brighter way. Our world needs our light. And the light that we shine is his light. And sometimes I think that we, we kind of say, you know what, I've got, to be, I've got to be quiet about it because I've got to be humble 
You know, we're called to be humble and I don't want to be gloating about it. It's not, it's not all about me. Um, and, and so maybe I'll just kind of be a bit quieter in my conversations. Maybe I'll just have a little, kind of do some little things on the sideline if I'm going to get um, involved at all. But the, the issue I propose this morning is not with us standing out from what we do. It's not with us shining brightly of the good things of God. It's who we point to. The issue is not with visibility. The issue is with glory. Because it says that they may see your good deeds. What's the point of saying and doing something? What's the point in having a light if no one's going to see it? What's the point in doing a whole lot of good deeds if no one's going to see them? But the issue is not with doing the good deed and people seeing it. The issue is who gets the glory for the good deed. The issue is who are we pointing to? And so my final point this morning, and Aaron, I'd love you to come up and, and uh, just to play in the background if that's all right, kind of with us. I had this kind of picture when you were when you were when you were playing before, um, because I, I love your spirit. I love you, and you've got such a gift. And I just saw I saw worship being drawn out of people. You know, as you use your instrument, that you are a drawer out of purpose, because we are called to be people of worship. You know, worship is a natural response of what we've been created to do. And I really believe, like, like God just had this picture in my, in my mind when I was just watching you play, that you are a drawer out of purpose. And so as you, as you play with a heart of worship and as you play with, with worship in your own spirit, you draw out worship and purpose from others. So if you could just play that, it'd be good. Um, uh, and so... I just pray that that happens as, as, we, as we close this morning and as we wrap this this morning, that we have, we have His Spirit drawn out of us. We have His Spirit and His life and His love drawn out of us that, that just reflects on Him because it's not about what we do, but it's about who we point to. We're going to point to our Father with our voice. I love the verse and am challenged by the verse. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. And it says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And I think of how did they know that I had that hope? How am I living in a way that someone says, Matt, tell me about the hope that you've got. I, I, see, the, I see something that you carry. I see, I see a hope in your life. I see a joy in your life. I see a peace in your life. Tell me about that. And it says that I should always be prepared to give an answer. When was I last asked, Matt, tell me about why you've got hope? I don't know. Does that mean I'm, I'm in a bucket? Am I living my life in a bucket? Are we living our lives in a bucket that we are not shining the hope that we have, that people are saying, tell me about the source of that. What is the source of your joy? What is the source of your peace? And I've got to be ready to give an answer to that, which is not because I'm awesome. It's because He is awesome. 
It's because Jesus is the King of Kings. He loves me more than what I understand. He has set me free. And we've got to come up with, with ways that people can, can understand that, can begin to grapple with that, not give them ways that just kind of say, all right, I might just come back and talk to you another time or not, um, as the case might be. But how do, we, how do we give an answer to others who say, what is it that you're carrying? Because then it says, but do this with gentleness and respect. Sometimes that's a challenge for us for people to say of, you know, what the hang are you doing? And how do we how do we give our answers to people with gentleness and respect? And I want to finish this morning with this little with three days in scripture. If you've got your Bibles, turn to John chapter one. Because we've got to lead people, we've got to point people up with our voice. But we've got to point people up with our with our actions and physically point them to Jesus and, and bring them along to places where, where they can meet family, where they can see places of come and be part of communities of love and of joy and of peace, and they can understand the source of that. And we read in John chapter one about John. John had followers. He had his own disciples, people who were who were following him, who were listening to his teaching, who who wanted to, who were baptized by him, and and there came this point in John one where he was speaking, and they said the people that he was engaging with, they said, "Who are you? Can you give us an answer so that we can take back to those who sent us? They've been sent. Well, this John is out there, and he's he's speaking of this of this Jesus. He's speaking of this person who is to come, who is great, and and he's uh, he's speaking with such authority. And they're saying, and so they've been sent to speak to them. What do you say about yourself? And John replied the words of Isaiah the prophet. He said, "I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make way, make straight the way for the Lord." When it when you know, it could have been easy to say, kind of all these followers, I think I'll take these. So it's, it's nice to be followed. It's kind of nice to be listened to. It's nice to be respected. It's nice to be kind of held up on this pedestal. And here's this chance for him to say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm him, I'm the, I'm the man, kind of follow me. But he says, no, I am the person who's saying there is one who is coming who is greater than me. He points them on day one to Jesus. If we go through to verse 35 to verse 29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Here, John had his followers, he had his disciples, and as soon as he saw Jesus, he said to them, Look, there he is. He's the one he was so quick to point up. It's not about me. Yeah, I might be doing some things that are good. Yeah, I might be saying some things that are awesome, but it's about Him. And finally, we go to day three on John, John chapter 1, verse 35, the next day. John was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples, remember these were disciples of John, when these two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. That is my heart. That as we get in, as we stand out, 
that people follow Jesus as we point to him. Aaron's just going to keep playing, and I just want to, I want to give us just a couple of moments now. And I want each of us to just to have some, just some quiet time and just to say, God, what do you want me to do? He might, he might put a person in your mind. He might put a situation in your mind. He might put a gift that you've got in your heart. But ask him, God, what are you? I have heard your word. You're calling me to be the salt, to get involved. You're calling me to be the light, to stand out with what you've placed in me, to what you've called me to be. And Father, I want to get in there and I want to do that. And I want to stand out for you and I want to point people to you. Help me do that this week. We're going to take a couple of moments and I want you to, to just ask God for that. May his spirit speak to you now. Holy Spirit. Speak to us this morning. We don't want to be on the sideline. We don't want to be that light that's sitting under the bucket. We want to be the salt that gets in and preserves your ways. Enhances the environment that we're in as we as we carry and bring and display the fruits of your spirit. We want to be that light on a stand that shines light and doesn't just help us, but it helps everyone in the house. Father, I pray that this morning we had, we're not just going to be hearers of your word. I pray that we will be doers of your word. I lift up now the, the people who have been placed in our hearts and on our minds. I lift up now the situations and the workplaces and the families, the neighbours, the schoolmates, the school teacher who has come to mind and when you've and that you've called us this week to do something about to take an action of love an action of kindness Holy Spirit, I pray that you empower us, that there's not just a sense of obligation, I've got to do this to earn anything, but Father, we do this because of what you've done. Father, may we act this week and in the weeks to come out of a result of your love. 
of an outflowing of who you've called us to be and of the light that you have placed in us. Not so that we may get the glory, but that so we may point up and say, Jesus, Jesus is love. He is the reason. He is the source. He is the bringer of hope. He is the bringer of peace. And may we point people to you so that they may not follow us, but they may walk and follow you. So Father, I want to thank you in advance for the testimony that's to come from these people this morning. The things that have happened in the week ahead as we stand up, get in, and be the salt and the light of the world that you have called us to be. And we pray for the city. I love the call of this church that the city will be saturated by the love of Jesus. That word saturated is about sinking in, is about getting in, is about being completely covered. And I pray that as each of us take actions from this morning, take a heart from this morning that says, I want to be a doer of God's Word, that we will see a city saturated in the love of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Matt. That was awesome. Yeah, round of applause. Come on. <laughs> um, Mary Head, are you in here? Mary. Can I get you to come? Is that right, Mary, if I get you to come up? Mary's crossed the chicken line this week, and something really awesome happened. And um, I didn't organize this in advance. I've just thought of it. And I thought, let's, think, let's build faith um, here. So is that all right, Mary? <laughs> Put you on the spot. Um, We've been doing fire starters the last few weeks on a Sunday night, 6 to 8 p.m. Come along if you want to. Um, and some of the language around that, and you might hear it from people doing fire starters, is, is talk about crossing the chicken line. And we celebrate not the outcome, but we celebrate the risk. And it's been great hearing stories of where people have sort of stepped out in faith and maybe they've shared their faith or prayed for someone or they've done something. And um, They don't always succeed, uh, but we celebrate the risk, not necessarily the outcome. Uh, But Mary's got a great outcome of something that's been going on. Oh, thanks, Sarah. Yeah, um, my brother-in-law passed away last Wednesday after a short illness, and my sister sort of rang me quarter past five one morning, and I said, do you want us to come? And we were gone by five to seven. And anyway... Cheryl, our daughter, her husband's a pastor, and she said to me on the way up, do you want, you know, perhaps Hamish could do Barry's funeral. Anyway, when we got there, the undertaker arrived, and my sister said, I definitely want a Christian funeral. I thought, well, that's awesome. Anyway, the undertaker said, oh, there's this new agey vicar that's come to town. I thought, oh yeah, I thought, yeah, I know what she'll mean by new agey. So anyway, Hazel says, yep, that'll that'll do. Anyway, the um, couple of days later, the vicar came round, awesome um, man, absolutely, and he and his wife came, they spent a couple of hours with with us and with my sister, and, and anyway, the next morning, I sort of had this thought, well, why don't I say to her, well, how about we go to church on Sunday and check out this this vicar that's going to do Barry's funeral? 
and which I did, and she said, yeah, what a great idea. Now, I have prayed for my sister ever since I've been a Christian for years and years and years. And she's always believed, but never, ever, you know, um, come to church or anything like that. So anyway, the long of the short of it, she, we went to church on last Sunday morning, Ian, Hazel and me, and the vicar just was amazing. He really honoured her and spent a long time praying for her. And it was just amazing. The funeral was absolutely fabulous and really gave God the glory. And she said to me, I'm starting to go back to church and she's gone this morning. Well, I believe she's gone this morning. So we are really rejoicing out of the sadness of my brother-in-law dying something really good has happened and I know I used to say to mum my mum was a great woman of faith and was only Ian and I and our two girls and a niece that had come into the kingdom and I used to say to mum how can you keep praying and believing for my brothers and my sister and she said whether I'm dead or alive God is faithful and he will bring you all in and so this is this is the start so praise the Lord Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Mary. All right, so let that encourage you this week. You know, um, take a step, cross the chicken line, um, and you might not see the outcome straight away, eh? but we're going to celebrate that risk. Um, so do that. Um, on your seat, there is a Connect card. If you are new this morning, we invite you to fill that out. We've got drop boxes at each of the exits. We'd love to connect with you. Um, and hey, if there's any stories like that, if you're crossing the chicken line each week, just let us know. We'd love to celebrate that with you. Um, that, I think, is everything. So um, come, have a great morning. Uh, coffee is out in the cafe. Um, if you're new, we'd love to, to meet you. Um, and let's just have a great morning.